Welcome to episode 46 of the Retro Gaming Dads podcast. This week we have a new title heading to the Sega Dreamcast. Could Goldeneye still be on track for an Xbox release? And a new title is coming to Game Pass on release day. I'm Barry. And I'm Anthony. And this is the Retro Gaming Dad podcast. The podcast for everything retro and retro inspired. Here it is, Barry. The first episode of 2022. He's hoping that is better than the last couple of years, eh? I'm sure it will be. And I think before we jump into any news, we should say a massive thank you to everyone who's joined us over the past year. Hopefully we'll continue to grow and improve throughout 2022. And we have now officially hit our first anniversary. (laughs) Yeah, it has been a um, busy and eventful year. We've enjoyed going through it all, going through the motions, (laughs) going through the trials of it all. Trying to figure out what we're doing. Yeah, well, that's mainly done on the fly, but, you know, that's just one of them things. We'd also like to say a massive thank you to this week's Patreon subscriber, Short Gizmo. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. This is last year. I think we've not done too bad. <laughs> well, we're still going. Should we get into the gaming news? Because we've got quite a few bits to go through today, haven't we? No, I'm quite excited to talk about this week's news we've got. Well, this first one, uh, you can you can say what it is, but unfortunately, you just read this a moment ago, didn't you? It's it's pretty insane. So, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was a top-selling game for December in the UK. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, please bear in mind, everyone, that is actually five years old. And that's only the Switch version as well. Don't forget, it was yeah. an upgraded version of what came out on the Wii U years before that as well. Yeah, it's gone on for five years. It's still a really high-selling game. Why would Nintendo release a new game if it's doing so well? Exactly, exactly. They have no incentive to bring out Mario Kart 9 when this is consistently in the top 10 and when it hits the top spot in December as well. Yeah, leading up to Christmas, it's what they want. Nintendo, you've done a good job with it. At some point, maybe do release another one, but... I guess I can understand why you're not doing it yet. Yeah, I think what they'll probably do is if we see a Mario Kart 9 anytime soon, I reckon it'll be a title that comes out as one of the last titles for the Switch and maybe also a launch title for whatever the successor to the Switch is. A bit like Breath of the Wild did with the Wii U going into the Switch as well. Yeah. So, everyone, if you really enjoy Mario Kart and you want to see a new one, Stop bloody buying it. <laughs> like, like I said before, vote with your wallets. Don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love it. We love it. So stop buying it. Very quickly, uh, moving across to Xbox now, the Halo Infinite Fracture event, the Temrai event, is back again for its second of six weeks. So I know the first time it came around, there's a bit of controversy about the event, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, I think they were advertising it with an image of a Spartan and like all its get up, but some of the pieces you couldn't actually get for free in the event. You had to pay for them. I've not read into it, um, but I know they've, with releasing the Fractured event again, they've made some changes to the event. Well, I jumped on it the other day and I did notice I was getting a lot more missions for it more okay. regularly. Rather than just having like one out of four every so often. I was getting two or in some cases three when I swapped one of my events. Okay. I only played like four or five games and I think I got three levels in it. All right. So I guess maybe the changes is to try and help with the level ups for it. Yeah. 
This is the second week. It'll be on for six weeks, not continuous. They're all going to be spread out. So any progress you made before Christmas will continue yeah. into this week as well. I just need to find time to play it. <laughs> yeah. Get on there and uh, start unlocking some of the exclusive cosmetics. Now this next one, I hadn't heard anything of it until I read it into the show notes about Sony announcing the PlayStation VR2 headsets and the VR2 sense controllers. Yes, so this was only yesterday. This is at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. Normally, Sony don't really have much of a presence, though. I think the last thing I remember them announcing there was the logo for PlayStation 5. That was it, just the logo. In all fairness, I don't really see them as a present at many gaming expos, do they? Um, Well, CES isn't necessarily a gaming expo. It's just Consumer Electronics. But... No, this this headset looks a significant upgrade on the old one. Does it? Yep. Now, obviously, this headset will not work on the PlayStation 4. I think they've gone through and they've taken a lot of what people hated about the original headset and fixed them. Okay. So, So this is one of those unicorns out in the wild where it is a good news story about Sony. Hooray, Sony or, or maybe that's just our bias, I don't know. But no, it, it looks pretty impressive headset, but I don't know how much it's going to cost. From reading about what it is, just quickly can expect to think it includes eye tracking and mm-hmm. what's foveated rendering. Foveated rendering. Yeah. So what that is, is with the eye tracking, it can tell where you are looking on the screens. Okay. So it can lower the resolution dynamically around your peripheral vision. Got you. So it's not having to run the game at the full 4K. Oh, that's another thing as well. That between the two eyes, it's a 4K screen as well. No, it's 4K. It's 4K OLED screens. Yes. So that that's very nice. 2,000 by 2,040 pixels <laughs> per eye. Yeah, but going through all that... Just got to think about the cost. Is going to be well. The that's the thing. I'm wondering if this headset's going to cost more than the actual console. <laughs> I well, the console. So sorry, console at retail, not what scalpers are selling it for at the minute. Oh yeah, well, I don't know. Headset. This is just a headset. That's not including the controllers. Don't forget. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm not sure if this will include the controllers, but they've got Wait, new what? controllers. They've actually, this time, made a VR controllers rather than just okay. using the PlayStation 3 Move controllers. Mm. These controllers are called the PlayStation Sense controllers. Okay. And they look more like traditional VR controllers. Not going to lie, I have tried a PlayStation VR before. I went around yeah. to a friend's house who had a PS4 with the VR headset, and he had the gun. And I actually quite enjoyed the game. It was such a pretty cool game, and it worked pretty well. Well, they've only actually shown off one title at the moment, which okay. was in the Horizon series. Oh, yeah. Horizon Call of the Mountain. And it only shows a very brief clip of it. You're in a little canoe and this giant dinosaur robot thing steps over the river that you're going down. That's all it shows. No gameplay or no actual interaction, at least, it seems. I reckon, obviously, now they've shown it off, we might be seeing more and more bits of it. Yeah. One of the big improvements over the original PlayStation VR that a lot of people are banging on about is it only uses a single cable because the original PlayStation VR had a little mini PlayStation 4 console. It's like a little breakout box and just this rat's nest of cables coming out of the back. 
No, I, I remember being it. It was horrible. You stood there going around, and it was just one cable going down. There was a few different cables going down. Yeah. And um, if you wanted a headset, it was a headset with a separate cable going from one thing. Separate. It, it, it was a mess. It wasn't exactly great. Power, audio, and visual information all, all go through the single USB-C cable. The audio on the headset as well is 3D positional, so that sounds pretty cool. But yeah, it's d- obviously depending on what cost they're going to actually charge for this thing. It sounds pretty cool. <laughs> the question is, so when it comes out, it costs more than console. Can we use a standalone thing, or does it have to be plugged to a console? No, it has to be plugged into a PlayStation oh. 5. So chances are you'll be able to grab hold of these things when they come out and still not be able to get a PlayStation 5 console. Yeah. <laughs> From the sounds of it, when this comes out, depending on the price, might be better just to get a Quest. <laughs> yeah. But not to be outdone by Sony, Microsoft have announced something as well. Microsoft have also announced a collaboration of a nail polish collection. <laughs> so, very bizarre. So they work along with OPI for this one. I was kind of surprised, <laughs> shall I say? <laughs> surprised? Confused? Taken back? Like, <laughs> what's going on? What they've done is they've released 12 colours. Some of the favourite ones that we've got listed here is Quest for Quartz. Pixel Dust. Trade in Paint. You Had Me at Halo. And Achievement Unlocked. So they're very on brand for Xbox, really, the names, aren't they? Yes, but they've also given some in-game content to come along with these, which are for Halo and Forza Motorsport 5. Sorry, no. Forza Forza Horizon. Horizon 5. If you do want to be colour-coordinated, you can dress your Spartan, your car in Forza, and your nails all in the same colour. And they're also giving away some custom Xbox Series X controllers as well. And you can't control me, racing for pinks, and achievement unlocked. Also, if you want to get your wife into gaming, just say, hey, look, I've bought some nail polishes <laughs> very nicely. With my game console. Oh, God, don't tell Terry. <laughs> You're walking like, oh, I need to get some in-game content. I bought you this nail polish so I can then get the content. One thing that did get me, though, when I was looking at them is the one that you just mentioned, you had me at Halo. Yeah. I thought, obviously, that's going to be olive green or yep. gold. No, oh, yeah. shimmering blue. I would not have thought shimmering blue. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't have, like, a lightish pink. There are a couple of pink ones, both... I know, but it's not called Lightish Pink. It definitely took me by surprise when I came across this. When you sent me the link to have a look at it, I was like, what? <laughs> that was quite funny. I thought advertising Xbox with Mountain Dew and um, Doritos was a bit, you know... And Monster. A bit of a stretch. Maybe this will be uh, a new area that Xbox is going to branch out <laughs> into. Yeah, Mark was like, oh... Sony releases a VR headset. Nail polish. Or maybe not. Maybe not. Right. Should we get on to the actual news and not whatever we've just been babbling on about? Wait, that wasn't the news? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to the real news. So, first of all, you're going to disappoint me now, but have you ever played Shinobi? No. No, I don't think you would. <laughs> <sighs> you're such a disappointment sometimes. I'm not disappointed. <laughs> I'm just six years younger than you. That's no excuse. That's no excuse. So Shinobi was an arcade game where you go around and you rescue hostages from gangs, ninjas, mercenaries. It was ported to consoles like the Sega Mass System. And it was an okay 
arcade game. Yeah. Well, it's now got a spiritual successor that is currently having a Kickstarter to come to the Dreamcast. As I was reading through this, I thought, cool, sweet, you know, why not do more of these? Because there's a quite a lot of these games coming out, isn't there, for older consoles where they are re-releasing them, they're doing a physical copy. Yeah, it feels like every other week we announce a new one. <laughs> yeah, it happens so often. But then I read what you get for the £85. Barry, why don't you share what they get? Well, for £85, you can get a PAL version of the Dreamcast game. Now, the reason why that's quite impressive is a lot of games that come to Dreamcast just come in bog-standard CD cases. You know, the type that used to get your Spice Girls CDs and that in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this actually comes in one of those snazzy blue Sega Dreamcast cases that snap the instant you look at them. So that's quite uncommon. So that's quite nice. Well, on top of that, you also get a digital version of the game for either PC, Switch, or Xbox. So you can start playing it before your Dreamcast version comes, get a bit of practice in. You can also have your name in the credits, and they give you a digital manual and a digital soundtrack as well. So it's not the best value, but it's I thought it was pretty cool to get your name in credits. How would it go down as? Because you're just purchasing a copy, but is it just under like a... It would probably be something like support. Yeah. But then uh, the estimated delivery is June 2023. Yes, that's for the Dreamcast version. So although the game is technically finished for other consoles, you can actually get it now if yeah. you want on, say, the Xbox or the Switch. They have having to do a bit of work to get it running correctly on the Dreamcast, but from what they have done, it's running really well. It's running in the Dreamcast's high-resolution mode, which doesn't sound high-resolution nowadays, 640 by 480 but when the Dreamcast was relevant, that was that was a massive resolution. That was much higher than what the PlayStation, Saturn, or N64 could achieve. Chris, is this one that would pique your interest? Yeah, yeah. Anytime I see a new Dreamcast game getting announced, <laughs> it's always nice. And it's really appreciated if they do a PAL version of the game as well. If you want to support that, you can head over. The game's called Shadow Gangs. I've just realized I don't think we even said what the game was called. No, we didn't actually. So, spiritual successors Shinobi, currently available on PC, Xbox, and Switch, and coming to the Dreamcast next year. And what we'll do, as with everything else, we will put it into the show notes uh, for a link if you'd like to go and from the Kickstarter. If you do want to support it, just as we always say, be mindful. It is a Kickstarter. It might not come, or if it does come, it might take two years, like a certain game. Eighteen number nine. So Barry, Barry's had a few. Um mishaps shall we say right um now this next one isn't something that i think really interested you is it no i well i played it i tried to play it and unfortunately it wasn't one that i could really get into so project triangle strategy i say was an issue with the game at all i would say it's an issue with the fact that it just wasn't my sort of game um the fact that one mission would take how long to try and complete just to defeat some people? Only about five, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, it could be longer, though. In all fairness, although I never completed it, much to a lot of people's irritation, Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. It's the only game that somehow I've probably spent hundreds of hours playing and never completed. And this is an absolute spiritual success to it. We seem to be saying that a lot this episode. We do. And... I'm really looking forward to this. 
I know you played the demo quite a bit, didn't you, for this? Oh, yeah. I hammered the demo. I played for it a couple of times. I've still got it on my Switch. I'm really looking forward to it. And it comes out the day after my birthday, so that's good timing. <laughs> I wonder what you'll get for your birthday. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm getting this straight away. I can tell you that much. So they've renamed it, haven't they? They've taken out the project and left it at Triangle Strategy <laughs> yeah. instead. That's literally it. They always said Project Triangle Strategy was a code name or a working name for it. So I thought, oh, it's got to be something something cool, like War of the Lions or I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, Free Houses or something. But no, no, we'll just call it Triangle Strategy. Yeah, when I, I came down to it, so I read it, I was like, Project Triangle Strategy is now called Triangle Strategy. Okay, <laughs> it's a bit like <laughs> underwhelming. Yeah, it was absolutely underwhelming. Yeah. But this is by Square Enix, who were the people who done Final Fantasy Tactics. So it, it plays a lot like it. It looks a lot like it. It smells a lot like it. It pretty much is it. Smells. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Interesting word. But pre-order it if you want to. And there you go. But just quickly, before we move on to the final pieces of news... If you are enjoying this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. The best way to do this is by leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting app. It'll only take a minute and it is really, really appreciated. Not only that, if you'd like to support us further, you can visit our Patreon and become a member for as little as £2.50 per month. You'll receive early and free versions of the podcast and we'll even give you a shout out in the next episode. Shout out! Well... After that small intermission, back to the news. This one is one that we picked up quite a while ago, wasn't it? And we're seeing more and more. I think it's one that a lot of people would be interested in happening. Yeah, so a classic N64 game may actually be coming to the Xbox after all. 007 GoldenEye. We spoke about this a good few podcasts ago because they all of a sudden took... What was it they removed? There was a ban on it, wasn't there? Well, we've talked about it a couple of times, actually, because initially there was the leak of the development build. Yep. You could play through pretty much the whole game. So it was near finished. Then they removed the ban of selling it in Germany, was it? Yes. So I think there was like a 24-year ban and they removed it at 23 years. Yeah, they, they removed it a year early. So someone yeah. had actively got that removed. And then I think that was it so far. But then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, achievements have now gone to the Xbox for the game. Screenshots yep. have also been released for the game. Yep. So are you on about the screenshots as in the images that appear with the achievements? Yes. Not only that as well, is if you add all the achievements up, it's actually a 1,000 gamer score. Whereas had this game come out when it was originally supposed to, the gamer score would have only been 200 points. So these appear to be new achievements that have retroactively been put into the game. Yeah, so it just seems to be that more and more work's going into it, and Mm. there's just a lot of evidence that's been there pushing for this to come out. Now, if this was to come out, I would be surprised if it didn't come out on the Switch and on the Xbox. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people would be very happy to play this. Do you know what? If you play Minecraft on the Switch, you can actually unlock Xbox achievements. That's pretty cool. So perhaps this might not even come to Xbox at all. This might just be Switch title. Although if that's the case, I doubt it will be as part of the Nintendo Switch online service because they don't seem to have any extra features. 
No. Otherwise, what's Microsoft getting out of it? Well, Microsoft to get a bit of money out of it. No, I can't see it not coming to the Xbox, if I'm honest. No. The question is, though, would they do a physical release or just digital? Um, I don't know. I, I Normally, I would say digital. However, I think this is the kind of game where a lot of people would want a physical copy of it. Yes. Especially if someone like Limited Run Games does a version in say an n64 shaped box or something with maybe a couple of stickers and key rings and bits thrown in as well so it just seems to be something which is turning to more of a real thing rather than just being left in the dark yeah this, this snowball that's rolling downhill is getting bigger and bigger each time oh 100 so if you're a fan of Golnoi, which i know a good majority of people who have played this on the n64 would definitely still be now keep a lookout because this most certainly will be hitting the consoles at some point. If it is, I reckon we'll hear more news, like June, July, joining free or somewhere around there. This one comes out and it goes straight to Game Pass. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, it, if it does come to Xbox, it will go straight yeah, to Game Pass. It will. Because it is Rare who developed it. It'll be a first-party yeah. title. And just while we're talking about Game Pass... Have you seen that Rainbow Six Extraction is coming straight to Game Pass on day one? Yeah, I had. That's interesting. Am I entirely surprised? I am. Not sure. I am. It's Ubisoft. It's not a first-party title. It's it's a quite a big third-party title to be coming day one to the Xbox. Yeah. I guess a lot of publishers now are seeing how well Game Pass is doing. Yeah. So you know, why not? Because it might go on there. It might only go on there for like a month. But say it comes in a month, people can then... Buy it as well digitally with the discount on top of it because it's a great platform to try and push something out which people might not necessarily buy, like we spoke about before with, um, what was that mech game? Mech Warrior? Mech Warrior. No, not Mech Warrior. No, no, no. The one you played spent like 75 hours playing. Oh, um, Rift Breaker. Yeah. Rainbow Six Extraction. It looks good, but again, I think it's one of those where I think they are trying something different with it. Yes, it's actually got a lot of criticism for being quite different because Tom Clancy games are always about espionage, yeah. political agendas, and that. This one's aliens. Yep. So it's a very big swerve, isn't it, into something new? Absolutely. Put onto Game Pass, throw it out there saying, guys, give this a try. It might be a good way to get a lot of people playing it, a lot of people wanting to play more of it. And if it comes away from Game Pass, people to buy it. Game Pass is great for that sort of thing and they do get something out of it you know they do get money back from the subscription and everything else so yeah it's not they're not going to lose anything there at all if anything it's going to be a bigger publicity for them i think as well since this is a multiplayer game it's a player versus environment free player mm. title they're going to get a larger pool of potential players then which is going to be good for the health of the game. But then also on top of that, I'm sure they're going to sell in-game cosmetics or experience. Oh, yeah, Ubisoft, of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cynical. <laughs> because of that, Ubisoft are potentially going to get more revenue from, as you say, people who might just play the game because it's in Game Pass, not necessarily go out and buy it, may then drop a little bit of money on some cosmetics. And I think nowadays the idea is try and get as much money out of the game over a longer period rather than yeah the game dropping and getting those billion dollar opening weekends and then it just trails straight off afterwards kind of sales yes because i remember playing free to play game that i was playing i was really enjoying it and i did a popped i don't know 20 pounds on it got some platinum so then i could get more armor and weapons and 
get more inventory space because I was playing this game and I think I spent a good couple of hundred hours playing this game, which is a free-to-play game. And so you're more inclined to spend some money on this free-to-play game, aren't you? Yeah. A good example for me is uh, Fancy Star Online too. Mm. A- anytime someone gets me an Xbox voucher or something similar, I go, oh, do you know what, I'll buy the Battle Pass or I'll buy a cosmetic. Actually, same with Halo Infinite multiplayer. I was about to say, I Halo Infinite Battle Pass, something that I wouldn't mind getting because it's free to play. Yeah. And so why not get the Battle Pass and get all the different cosmetics? Because I think I'm like a good fair chunk away through the levels and that's a lot I can unlock if I did that. Yeah. I think the good thing about the Halo one as well is the seasons seem to be quite long. Are they like yes. six months? It looks, like yeah, that? six months. The season started in what, in November? It's not until May? Yeah, it's not too bad, but when your battle pass only lasts 30 um, days, so it's it's a bit of a harder sell. Well, that's what was on um, on Pokemon Unite. I had a quick look on that, and yeah, it, the battle pass is 30 days, and it once you spend like 15 quid, I'm like, what? For 30 days? Yeah. Jeez. I was like, yeah, no chance. No, it's a bit too much. Should we move on to our uh, next waste of money? Oh yes, what are the NFTs? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't get the point in any F- NFTs at all. Ah, uh, no, neither do I. But unfortunately, a lot of the big publishers are saying, "Oh, this is going to be the year of in-game NFTs." So the one we're talking about at the moment specifically is Konami is listing a number of Castlevania-themed NFTs that you can yeah. start bidding on, starting the twelfth of January. Although it appears that some of them actually already have bids on them now. Okay. And some of them are essentially just a JPEG image. <laughs> I just, honestly, what the heck? Some of them are little video clips or animated images. Yeah, some of them are just an image. I, I honestly don't get these NFTs. You're going to spend however much money to look at something on a computer? I. Get a cool picture, put it on the wall or something, so it's in your house at least. Exactly. I right-clicked on it, click save, save to disk, and then pasted it into this so we can have a look at it. That is one of the items that currently has a bid of, well, it has a couple of bids, but the highest bid is 0.009 Ethereum, or Wrapped Ethereum, I think it actually is. Okay. Which I had a look is worth about £23 at the moment. Why? You, you've literally stuck it into our show notes here. Well, because whoever wins it, the blockchain will show that they own it. To me, that's like me buying a and? house. That's like me buying a house. And, and you can't. Everyone else lives in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, my <laughs> name's on the house, but I've not put any doors or windows on it. So everyone. Build down the road, decide to come and camp inside the house as well, and just exactly, yeah. Homeless people all over the place. Honestly, like, what the heck? Yeah, because obviously, alongside this, having celebrities spent millions on some NFTs and oh yeah, just it's it's a waste of money. I think some of them, they are works of art that people are selling it. It's a way for them to sell it, but usually in that case, they don't have them up on the website to Mm. view in the full quality on top of that as well konami is saying that they'll list your name as the original purchaser on their website for everyone to see yeah until the end of december what 
That's it. They'll they'll put your name on their website until the end of December. Oh, jeez. Please, if you're listening to this and you're considering it, don't do it. It's a waste of your money. Well, not only is Think it a waste it. of your money, the problem is if these sell well, it's a really bad precedent for every other publisher. Yeah. Square Enix, EA, and Ubisoft have already said that this year they're going to start leaning into monetizing NFTs in-game. That's not good for gamers. No. I think if they did that, they'll damage the gaming industry. Yeah. I know these are digital goods, but this is different from, say, you're playing Diablo and you purchase some super rare weapon from the auction house or something. Because at least then you've got something that's got utility. You've got something where it is maybe not one of a kind, but, you know, it is in a limited supply. This... If I buy this and put it on my website, go, oh, look what I've bought. Everyone can just right-click save. Who cares whether or not it's my name or their name on the blockchain that says who owns it? it it's, no, no one exactly, really cares. You, they've got that picture. They can put their pictures as their background. It's not going to have your name in their background. It's well, just not only that, that they wanted on if it. If I saw that image on a website, I wouldn't think, ah, do you know what? I'll go and check on the blockchain see who owns it. No. I'll just no, assume no it's an would. image. Exactly. It's a really bad, bad investment. <laughs> yeah. For Calamity be doing this, if Ubisoft and EA do it, don't. Please don't. I think this year we'll start seeing, say, the next Battlefield game, you'll be able to buy an NFT of like an exclusive skin or a character model or emblem or something similar. I reckon that's the next way they'll nickel and dime us. This is one step closer to um, in Ready Player One where they want to just put ads all over people's screens. Yeah. They can see what's all the ads. Or is it they say we can fill up to 81% of the player's before visual seizures. area before inducing seizures? Call this Pure O2. This is the first of our planned upgrades once we can roll back some of holidays' ad restrictions. We estimate we can sell up to 80% of an individual's visual field before inducing seizures. Yeah, that's what will end up happening. NFTs and the like, tell you what stuff this adds. Maybe, maybe I'm just old and I'm out of touch. But I find that most NFTs just, they have no utility, they're pointless. A nice painting, you can have that only one copy of it. Well, that's the thing. You're purchasing a physical piece of art, a physical item to go in your house. Yeah, I could understand if somehow you could purchase it and for some reason they could have it that only you can display it. You know, someone couldn't put it on their website or anything. If there was a way to prevent that, prevent you from copying it, there isn't. This way it comes down to, obviously, this person belongs and owns it. There's going to be court cases saying, hang on, I own this item. I didn't give you copyright. They're going to start suing each other. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I suppose we'll be talking about this in a couple of weeks. See how much they go for. I'm I'm hoping that they go for like ten, fifteen pound a piece, you know, so it's not really worth their effort. But yeah, please don't. I really hope these don't go for hundreds of pounds. This is where I look back on this in a couple of weeks. I got yeah, hundreds of pounds, nowhere near. They went for six point five million. Unfortunately, on this planet, some people are not that uh, conservative. Shall we say? I'm not that bright. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be nice, but yeah. I'm not that good at keeping hold of money. Have more money than sense. At least, though, 
Konami have give you permission that you are able to resell these. I suppose that's something. Uh, yeah. Although they have made it very clear, no refunds. <laughs> we better move on, otherwise I'm just going to this, because yeah. I think it's just an absolute waste. <laughs> this last bit of news was quite surprising, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it only last week we talked about this? About using sure dev mode on the Xbox consoles to run emulators? Yes. Well, it seems like Microsoft I thought, hmm, Nah, we can't be having that. Don't like people doing this. They've decided to soft ban everyone, haven't they? Who haven't published a game within 90 days of purchasing it. Yeah, so anyone who has paid to have their Xbox in dev mode, it appears, has been banned unless you've got an active game up on the Xbox store. That must have been a surprise for a lot of people. Well, yeah, it seems like it was. A lot of people who... We're using it maybe to run emulators, weren't really developers, but also some genuine developers as well who are in the middle of making games. Oh, flipping heck. Because <laughs> Just... I'm no expert, but I think it takes more than 90 days to make a game. I, I, I would say so as well. Obviously, the use of dev mode is there for people to be able to develop games. And now, so that is the whole intention they put it on for. Yep. As we know, some people have put RetroArch on there. It's a way that they can put cheats and everything else onto it. Well, you, yeah, you can't necessarily put cheats onto games. When you're in dev mode, it's kind of like a, depending on what terminology you want to use, either a walled garden or a sandboxed environment. Yeah. So you can't go and play, say, Halo Infinite and inject cheats into the game, go online, dominate everyone that way. Because yeah. you don't have access to play retail games. So you can't even play them offline, let alone online. It is a completely separate environment. And oddly enough, this has been a good security feature for Microsoft because why would you want to try and hack an Xbox when you can legitimately do it in a safe environment? Exactly. And switch back and forth and not run the risk of getting your console banned. Yeah, it just means, A, Microsoft get a bit of money if they, they want to go into dev mode. Yeah. And B, it's someone's not trying to take the console apart or find a way to hack the board. Well, yeah, the, the PlayStation 5's already got quite a lot of exploits found for it. Or has it? And I'm not saying the Xbox hasn't got exploits for it. It almost certainly has. But there's been very little incentive to look for them. Yeah. Not only that as well, being able to put your console in dev mode... If, say, you're a student and you are doing a game creation course or you're just an enthusiast or a tinkerer, it's a nice thing to be able to do, again, in a safe way as well, where you can revert it back to a normal retail console. I think the other harsh part of this is the fact that Microsoft didn't even pre-warn the users either before doing this. No, a lot of them just didn't realize for a couple of days. So I don't know if maybe this was something like a, a call that they'd have set for the beginning of the year if you haven't got a app on the store you get banned that's what it appears to be um but microsoft haven't said anything what do you think the reason would be for them doing the soft banning i can't think of why they would do it i don't know if maybe they've got pressure from another games company maybe someone like sony or nintendo because you can play GameCube or PlayStation games on an Xbox if it is in dev mode through, as you say, something like RetroArch. Anything and anywhere else. That's not Microsoft's intention for it to be used as. No. If users but... use it that way, they can't stop the users. But I know what you're saying, though. 
that's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. There could be could be hundreds of different reasons. Maybe there's a way to exploit the console through dev mode, and that's why they've disabled it for most users to try and prevent yeah. them from exploiting it in the actual retail version. I don't know. I'm just guessing, to be honest. A few moments later. Obviously, we've spoken about the ban and everything else, but there's actually been an update to this today as well, hasn't there? Yes. So, <laughs> as is typical, as soon as we talk about something, it's instantly out of date before we've even finished talking about it. So, Microsoft have now come out and said that the issue affecting many users with dev mode isn't intentional. Mm. And the quote is, we are actively working on identifying and re-enabling these accounts as soon as possible. So it looks like it it was some sort of issue, or maybe it was something they've done intentionally and they've decided to roll back on it. They're on the back foot going, oh crap, yep. let's fix back this. Backpedal. Quick, uh, by the way. Um, at least they're fixing it. Yeah, at least they're fixing it, but I'm still curious. Will this still urge a lot more people to find exploits for the Xbox, just in case this is something that happens again in the future? whether intentional or not. I wonder how many users it affected. I don't know. As a number, it'll be a large number of users, but I think mm. as a percentage, it's probably going to be small. And don't forget this across both generations as well. Yeah. Well, with that good piece of news at the end, um, that brings us to the end of the episode now. It has done indeed. And as always, information everything we've talked about today can be found in the full show notes available at retrogamingdaz.co.uk. And once again, if you've enjoyed the show, we would really love it if you could just leave us a quick review on your favourite podcasting app. We've been the Retro Gaming Dads, and we'll catch you next time. Excuse me. I shouldn't drink coke while I'm doing this. However, I sound okay. I am coming through the headset, aren't I? Yes, you're coming through the headset. It is a little bit echoey, but it's definitely your headset. That's fine. Just checking.